continuing on now, verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Notice the key here. They set their mind, their choice, their fix. They're not resisting. The Christian that walks in the Spirit, he has to fight and resist. He doesn't set his mind on the gross sin to continue in it. He puts up a fight. That's what we've got the armor of Christ for. Having done all, Paul said, stand. When the devil's tempted us and everything else, he gives us the power. And if we use the weapons... He doesn't allow anything to tempt us above what we're able with the help of the Spirit. But if you walk in the flesh and make provision for the flesh, you get no help from God. You'll fail and you'll fall. So he's saying, they set their mind. See, that's what he's telling. They're fixed it. Their choice and will, that's them in the mind, has decided to walk in the flesh. It's not like uh, Christians fall into sin and they get lured and they forget. They don't continue. Like someone said, a Christian that's really trying to follow the Lord, he said a bird can land on their head and they can shoo him away, see? But they don't let him build a nest there, see? See, that's walking in the flesh when you let them build a nest, when you fix your mind on the corrupt nature and its lust and pleasures. So he's saying, they set their mind on it. But those who are according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Where does the choice lie? The choice is you have to walk in the Spirit to set your mind on the Spirit. So he's still showing you can do either. So those walk and follow, they have a choice. They do not have to follow the dictates of the lower nature which is instigated by the demonic often. They have chosen to follow it. But those who follow and consent to the Spirit, they yield to the influences of the Spirit. And this is what Hebrews says, they come boldly, courageously to the throne of grace. They have an entrance. Sin doesn't keep them. He's not talking about the person that's in sin then. He says that he will receive strength and mercy in times of need. During great tribulation, during great affliction, and strong attacks from the enemy sometimes, he's given aid. The grace that God gives always is a strength. It's not a free-for-all. It's not a license to sin. It's a power to overcome it. So most people's Christianity is false, okay? Just lip service. So the Christian always has free will to do or not to do. That's why all the epistles and the gospels appeal to everyone, to the human will, to obey one or the other. And so Jesus is going to say, why call me Lord? Lord, you're not obeying me because I'm not your Lord. And the multitudes of millions of professing Christians are going to say, Lord, Lord, when he says you're wicked and lawless. But Lord, we believed you were the Son of God. We confessed your name. We were baptized. And he says you're lawless, cursed of my Father. means you're walking in sin. You're lawless. You're not under the law of Christ. You think all that ceremony was going to save you, like the many of the sinning Jews and Pharisees, he said, it won't. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. You were never really mine. 
but you were raised in religion and you thought if you did these ceremonies, you're a fine Christian. And you look around and you say, I'm as good as everybody else. But you don't realize most everybody you're looking at is going to hell because they've got false Christianity. Okay? So the Christian always has the will to obey or not to obey, to yield or not yield. And the epistles and gospels always appeal to the Christian's will to obey and do things. Always you see it. If it was automatic, he wouldn't have to appeal to the will. If Christ forces this grace on us, we wouldn't have to do anything. But we do. We have to yield. And that's why people backslide. And that's why people fall from grace. And Paul said it two or three times, you can fall from grace if you don't continue in it. And he told the Gentile church, if you don't remain in God's goodness, you'll be cut off also. That means if you don't walk in the spirit and follow him and get his aid to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, you'll be cut off. We are under probation. Our salvation is now. We have eternal life because we have Christ indwelling us. But it's not permanent until we finish the race, until we're faithful to the end. That's when it's permanent, okay? And he'll speak on that a little later. For the mind set on the flesh, verse 6, is death. Not only is it going to be physical death, he's not spiritual death will come. The second death, the separation from God in the lake of fire is the eternal second death, okay? Every man will die until the rapture, even the Christian, because the law of sin and death still works in his members. And that's why we get sick. That's why things happen. But God gives us grace that it not rule us. That's why he heals at times and does things to let us know he does have power. But our salvation is not permanent yet. And Jesus told one of the churches, if you overcome. Remember, he's talking to seven churches. He's talking to professing Christians, many of them, and some not. He said, if you overcome, he never said you overcome Oh, you can overcome as you stay in Christ, but it's not permanent because you can decide not to. He said, he that overcomes, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my God, which shall go in and out no more. It means you'll be fixed in Christ in salvation forever, and you never can fall for that because the devil, the world, the flesh will be removed. They won't be there in heaven. The old man cannot tempt you because he's going to be left behind. So then it's permanent. But not until we're either raptured or we drop dead. And the Lord said in the old, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But it says he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they turn. So even his wicked enemies, he finds no delight, but he knows their end because holiness and justice comes into play. And Paul said, we are saved from the wrath of God through Christ. The one who's not following Christ and the light that they're given, they're not saved, okay? For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Now Paul said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, ordinances and rules and rituals. He said it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the person walking in the Spirit is not in condemnation. 
He should be at peace with the Lord. His inner man should be at peace when he knows he's following the Lord. So that kingdom is righteous. And how come so many people talk about being in Christ and they're not living righteously? And Paul said you have to obey righteousness if you're in grace. He says, shall we continue in sin? He's God forbid. He said, who you obey is your master. So you have to obey the righteous one and be righteous by being linked to Christ and obeying him. See, people are looking for a way around at loopholes. They're not going to find any loopholes, okay? So life and peace. So Jesus said, I give you peace. The Christian in general should have peace with the Lord. When he sins and fails, that peace is disturbed. And when he confesses and repents and deals with it, it should come back. The Spirit ultimately will bear witness. But not every time the Christian fails, he'd be failing every day just so he could feel God's Spirit differently. Don't work that way. The righteous walk by faith. And they know, and their spirit senses that they're in Christ. Oh, they have imperfections and faults and things that the Spirit is sanctifying and dealing with. And he'll deal harshly if he has to. But he always warns and deals with things before he takes. He'd rather have mercy than judgment. But when mercy runs its course, judgment comes to him. And he delights in holiness and justice. People think, oh, he's looking for a way around. He's not. He is the same yesterday and day forever. He's not changed in his holiness. The wrath of God in Christ Jesus when he returns will be worse than any wrath of God from Adam's time on because he is God. There'll be no mercy then. There'll be no salvation. He's come to judge the wicked and to take his own. He is the eternal God. He is the almighty God. He's the everlasting father. And Paul said, the Holy Spirit, he said, and the Spirit is Christ. Christ is that Spirit. So he's linking the what we call the Trinity in a way is not three gods. We just separate them for the function, and it's a mystery to us, but it's implied. But again, they're so one, too. They're not separated like we think, okay? See, Jesus said while he was on the earth, he was limited. He could not use his divinity or it was suspended. But he followed the Lord perfectly as a prophet, as a teacher, as a child of God and a servant. And yet toward the end when he's going to be crucified in a few days, they said, show us the Father, the disciples said, and we'll be satisfied. And what happens? The Father speaks through Jesus and how long I've been with you and you do not know me. He who have seen me have seen the Father. And he also said, see, they couldn't catch these things because the Spirit wasn't enlightened them fully. He said, I have many things to say to you that you can't understand now. But when the Spirit comes, he told the disciples, I am with you as the Son of Man, as limited divinity. But he said, I shall be in you. So it was the Spirit of Christ that he came and met them and breathed on them. And they were changed then. Because he was back in the power of divinity. His glory had been restored. So Christ in the person is the God hid in them. He is the everlasting Father. He is the eternal God. He is the Almighty. 
So if a person follows the corrupt nature, doesn't matter if they profess to be a Christian or they're living in the Lord and they go back to the world, the old man, they will be led to spiritual death. But the will that sets the mind on Christ, on Christ's will and commands, walks with life and peace. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Eternal life is not a gift separate from God. It is Christ. It is Christ. He's made unto us eternal life. And only as we abide in him and him in us do we have eternal life. But when the branch is cut off, you don't have eternal life anymore because you're not in the vine. That's simple enough for those who want to know the truth. The vast majority, God has given over to lying spirits because they keep resisting. And God hides it from them. That's a consequence of continuing in sin. It poisons the spirit and the man and the lying spirits take over. So as a Christian, we are still tempted by the devil, the world, and the flesh. The lower corrupt nature. See? It's still there. But we don't have to yield to it. It has no power over us unless we give it power. See? That's it. And we have to spend our life in a spiritual warfare, in a pilgrimage. And it's the called the chosen, and the faithful that are with Christ. You may be called and chosen, that's fine. When you're called, the call is given to every man to some degree. God's grace is given. But the gospel's call is to come to Jesus Christ. And if you receive the call, you are chosen. Like the angels are chosen, the elect. They weren't elected to be chosen, they stayed with God but they're still called the elect angels. Sometimes we think our democracy explains the scripture. It doesn't. A lot of the definitions have changed. But he said it's those that are with him in return. He said they're called, they're chosen, they received the call, and they're faithful. They had to be faithful unto death. See, they're being tested. So they don't have to be tested in heaven. That's God's right to do this. Seven, because the mindset on the flesh is an enmity toward God, it's hostile, for it does not subject itself to the law of God. It is not even able to do it, okay? So the sinner cannot serve God. He has no standing. He's an enmity. And John said, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That means Christ isn't in you. So the person that wants to live like the world and mingle with the world and be a partaker of it, it says the love of God's not in them. He makes it very plain. So he tells us that. He says the love of God is not in them. If you love the world, if you're corrupt, if you like it and you want to be a part of it and its system and all that, he says then that's where you're at. It's hostile toward God, okay? So living in the flesh is to be an enemy of God. An adversary. That's Satan's title and name. It means adversary. He's opposed to God. The old nature will not submit to the law of God. Why? Because it enjoys the devil. It's a corrupt nature. It has no good in it. It's the sin that indwells the old members. 
It cannot do it. And it really doesn't want to do it. The only solution is to keep it dead, inactive, and powerless. So that's the Christian's responsibility, to resist the devil, to overcome the flesh, and not let it have its way. It cannot rule us unless we allow it to rule us. There is no temptation that has taken us such as common to man, but God will make a way to escape so that we can bear it. That does not apply to the person walking in the flesh. That applies to the person walking in the spirit. I hear so many people say, he never gives us more than we can bear. Well, most of the people I'm talking to are not real Christians. And it's not true. And he'll deceive them. God turns the whole world over to the Antichrist because they kept resisting the spirit. He sends the lion spirit. That's a consequence of the spiritual kingdom. You resist God, you get a judgment of God. And often he used wickedness to judge wickedness. That's his right. And when the Pharisees couldn't understand a lot because they kept fighting Jesus and they weren't really that open, he was praying. He said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hid these spiritual things from the wise and prudent of the world and have revealed them to the simple. He said, I rejoice you're doing that. God hides things from the heretic and the false Christian and the willfully sinning sinner. He lets them believe their lies. He'll actually send the Spirit as a judgment. When Saul finally was tested, and enough was enough, it said the Spirit of Jehovah departed from him. He was the Lord's anointed king. And he says that an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. God commanded that spirit to do that. See, that was his consequences for resisting. And Saul was never saved. He had blasphemed the Holy Spirit. God had had enough of it. He had tested it many times. He became almost demon-possessed at times. He did, because there was no grace with him anymore. And when he tried to drum up Samuel, and he was talking about, he said he seeks the Lord. He said, but the Lord doesn't speak to me by the casting of the lot, or by a dream, or by a prophet. Those anointed of the Lord, kings, priests, and prophets, that's how God spoke he said, God, don't speak to me anymore. That's why he went to the soothsayer, the witch. He wanted to know certain thing. And Samuel, who came up, said, why are you bothering me if God don't talk to you? Well, he put him in his place. And all he told him was, you're going to die today and, and go lose and be cut off. He didn't give him no encouragement because he didn't have any for him. So, but he acknowledged God doesn't speak to me anymore. Why? Because God's anointing left him. Okay? Verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, many people think, oh, that means the unsaved. It means the saved, too, if you start walking in the flesh. And that's why Paul had to write all of those things. That if you live this way, he's talking to Christians, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, and don't no one lie with you with false grace and false faith. And that's what James was talking about. He said, if that's the kind of faith you have that has no works, has no fruit or obedience, he said, that's a dead faith. It's not Christianity. And even he said, can that kind of faith save a person? It was a rhetorical question. No, it can't. Okay? He was saying, if you don't have the fruit and you're not following the Lord, 
and you don't have spiritual works, which is the outcome of being right, then you don't have the right faith. You don't care how many times you were baptized. All you did was get wet. The devils confess. They know who Jesus is. He's not their personal Lord, but they know who he is. Why the devils recognized him quicker than the disciples did. When he was casting them out, they said, we know who you are. You're the Holy One of Israel. Who was the Holy One of Israel? Jehovah God. Have you come to torment us before the appointed time? He knew he, he had power to cast them into hell. And they didn't know whether he was going to do it or not. And they tried to, because they were terrorized, they tried to proclaim him, and he told them, be quiet. He didn't need their testimony. He don't need a testimony from demons or demon-possessed or wicked people. The sacrifices of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. They'll stir up his wrath more. The people serving the Lord on their own terms. They're just adding, storing up wrath for the day of judgment, Paul said. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you walk, you practice, you live, you continue in the flesh, the old nature, you cannot please God. If you do not please God, you cannot remain in God. You're an enemy if you do not please God. Cannot please God. Okay? If you live that way. An evil tree cannot produce good fruit. And we said it many times. We'll go there again. Galatians 5. So in Galatians 5, as we just repeated, and we'll continue to repeat, he names all these sins. And the such like, that means if I missed any, if you're a cannibal or a child molester, all that is not mentioned, because they're the grosser. The normal humanity doesn't deal in that. But he covers all sin just in case, okay? He said, I've told you in times past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking to Christians. So he's warning them, okay? Those who walk, continue, abide in these gross sins will not make it to heaven. They will not be saved. That's what it means. Now, Galatians 5, 16, go up a little bit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, you cannot walk in the Spirit and the flesh at the same time. So he's saying if you follow the Lord, you won't be following the fleshly desires. You'll make the right choice. You'll yield to the Spirit. You'll be joined with Him and walk, but you can refuse to do it. Okay? But, in verse 18, always look at the ifs, ands, and the buts. If is a means a condition. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law of sin and death. Is what he said. If you're led of the Spirit. But if you're walking in the flesh, you are under the law of sin and death, and it leads to eternal death. Okay? So he's, he's letting it be known for people. See, people are looking for a clear line. How far can I go and still remain a Christian? Well, they're not going to remain Christian. They've already revealed a wicked heart. They don't want to serve the Lord. They're looking for how far can I go and still enjoy the world? Well, they revealed their heart, and God keeps it from them. And they say, well, I think I'm in. Well, they need to, sin needs to put that question mark. If you're following the Lord, you wouldn't be asking all those questions. 
You wouldn't be saying, well, what can I do and enjoy and well, still be a Christian? Well, I've heard people tell me that in counseling. Well, all I want to do is make it. And I always tell them you're not going to make it. And it shocks them. What do we, I said, because you just want to do the minimum. See, you really don't want to serve the Lord because you're not yielded to the new man. You have no desire. But the person that yields to the new man and Christ wants to do the will of God. Even as Paul did under the old covenant. He wanted to do it. He wasn't looking for it a way to sin and be corrupt. So many people, that's the religion they got. See, they fear judgment. So they want free salvation. They want to live the best in this world and then they want the next world. Well, they go into hell, the lake of fire. Oh, I've upset many of them. They hung up on me, called back and tried to get a Calvinistic person to counsel them. Good for them. Let them be deceived. The Calvinistic teacher and counselor and the person because they don't want the truth. He keeps it from them. The Spirit does not enlighten foolish people. He said, if you seek him for all your heart, you'll find him. If you diligently seek him, you will be rewarded. Well, most of these people don't. They fear judgment because a part of them tells them it's coming, and they know they're sinners, and they're looking for excuses. So how much can I get? And so you got all the carnal Christians. Well, I'm just not following the Lord, but at least I'm saved. No, you're not. You're lost, deceived, and on your way to the lake of fire. And you're often you're not going to be told until it's too late. So that's the consequences. Sin poisons the spirit, human spirit of man. And he continues on sin. It deceives him more and further. See, people, no matter how intellectual they are, they're deceived. Sin is a poison. And it does something to the human spirit. It gets worse and worse as they keep on doing it. So the condition, the if clause, if you are led, following, obeying, if you're bearing fruit, if you're not under the law, you are not under the law of sin and death, if you're doing that. If you do, God is not with you, and you have fallen from grace, if you were a Christian or are a Christian. We are speaking of continual practicing gross sin. Grace is not a license to sin. It is a power over sin. If we relapse and fail and sin, we have a high priest and we have to confess and repent. That means stop doing it before it's removed. So those who keep doing something and just give God lip service, if they're his, he deals with them. He don't put up with it. That's why he can tell us a lot of false Christians. They seem to glory in their sins and then talk about God's grace and his faith and what he's done for us as they continue in their wickedness. They're just being deceived, and they go weep and gnash their teeth for eternity and realize how foolish they were. That's the consequence of walking in the flesh. However, verse 9, you are not in the flesh. So he's talking to the Christian. He was talking to the Jewish Christian. He's talking to all the Christians. Remember, at Rome, there were various types that he was covering all these things. However, you are not in the flesh. If, look at the if again, the condition, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, if Christ is in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to God. Okay, 
So he's warning that if you practice an evil lifestyle, Christ will leave you. You'll be cut off. You might think you're still a Christian. Oh, I've had many people go back 10, 20. I said, it don't mean nothing. I don't care if you saw Jesus yesterday and he sang Dixieland to you. You're lost and on your way to hell. See, people like to make experiences and visions and stuff above the word of God. They're going to be deceived by false spirits, imitation spirits. Yeah. Oh, I've known preachers and teachers that I talk to them. And they get people saved. They preach the gospel. They're living. One man, he was an excellent teacher. Oh, he knew a lot more than I knew. I was a young Christian. He'd been living in an affair on his wife for three years. And yet he could teach the word of God. And every Sunday, people got saved. I said, oh, God can use a jackass. That'll prove who he is. And I told him, and you're lost on your way to hell. And he consented to it because he knew scripture. But some of them don't do that. They think because they're getting people saved, somehow God overlooks their failures. And, you know, well, I've got doing all this good work. God will sort of let me slide. Well, they're deceiving themselves because he's not going to let them slide. See? James says if you break the law, on one point you're guilty of all. So if you live in adultery, you're a habitual liar and thief, you've broken all the law of commandments. And you've broken the law of Christ, and you're not in him. So he eventually got right, but he lost his church and everything else, and he never felt led to go back. See, he ruined his reputation. And God may or may not have called him back. He may have had to live a simple Christian life, but he was knowledgeable. Oh, he knew the word of God, because he once had wisdom and knowledge. And some of it, like Solomon, he retained even in his sin. So people always say it all the good they do, it don't mean nothing. They're going to find out. It don't mean nothing. What did Paul say? He that waters and he who plants and he who waters is nothing. He said it's God that gives the increase. So when a person preaches the gospel, other people may have watered. And they claim, oh, I got this person saved. You didn't get nobody saved. You did your duty to God. You expected to do your duty and your calling. They look like they got their little brownie points. He said, they're nothing. Why? Because you can't water without the Spirit of Christ inspiring you. And you can't preach the true gospel and convict people unless the Spirit of Christ is in you. And he gets the results. And that humbles them, doesn't it? See, they're still dealing with too much pride. They think, oh, I'm doing this for the Lord. I've had people tell me they've got many people saved. And I said, but you're living in fornication. You're on your way to hell. Oh, they try to defend themselves. I said, keep lying to yourself. And one day God will say, I'm not going to deal with this heretic anymore. I'm not going to deal with this false shepherd. The word of the apostles was leave them alone too. Warn them two times and have nothing to do with them. You're not told to keep hounding a heretic and a false Christian. It means after two or three warnings, they're not listening and they don't want it. Let them be deceived. We have no obligation to them. We're to get rid of them because they're going to lead young Christians astray and confuse them. You get rid of the bad apple. You don't keep consoling it and tell them it's okay. So if a person does not have Christ, then he's not a child of God. This is lifestyle, not various failures and things that we do. 
So it's a lifestyle we're talking about. We're not saying people are perfect and sinless and Christians don't fail. That's why we become a high priest. We're talking about continuous, willful knowledge of living in gross sin. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Cleanses us for what? Ignorant sins, our faults. James says that many things we offend all. God does not hold those things. He covers us until he starts to sanctify them and deal with them. But gross sin, the commandments that were under the law, you cannot practice any of those and make it to heaven. Of course, the commandment of keeping Sabbath day, we live in a continual Sabbath, so we're not bound to months and days. And so we can keep everyone. You can't be a murderer, covetousness. You can't be a liar. On the law of Christ, you can't be that. If you do that, you're just as lost as they were under the old covenant. Okay? See if you're in Christ. Number 10, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, Yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. So the old man, the old nature, we're groaning to be delivered from. He's going to talk about it later. We want this deliverance. All of nature wants this deliverance from the consequences of the fall. And we have it in our members. But one day the body's going to leave. And when it dies, the old man and that nature does not go with us. See, it'll, it'll be ended, okay? Yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. And see, we keep hearing that word because of righteousness. And you don't hear this much about the grace and faith people, do you? They don't want to hear about that practical righteousness. Okay, getting back just briefly. In the earlier Romans, which we covered, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. Then able at the strength not to sin, not the license to sin. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? He's certainly not. Actually, the translation is, may it never be. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that ones who you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience to righteousness? Now, that's Paul saying the same thing James says. James says, faith without works is dead. Paul is saying, if you are not obeying righteousness, you're walking after flesh, and that leads to death, that you don't have the real goods. See, they're in perfect harmony. There was no conflict between them, like the heretics like to bring up. See, they don't like these scriptures because it, it alters what they want to believe. So they just skip over 90% of the epistles to elevate one scripture out of context, and that's called heresy. And and taken from the word of God. It's not the truth anymore. It's not the gospel. One scripture is not the gospel. Okay? You always hear the most famous scripture quoted by the world, by professing. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Oh, he loves us so much. They never read a few verses down. And he that believes not on the son the wrath of God remains on him. These are the ones that God so loves. See, he has benevolence, goodwill. It's not covenant love. And he's making provision for them. But they're under his wrath. And they're storing up every idle word. They're going to answer for it in the day of judgment if they don't come to the Lord. He ain't forgetting nothing. But they think, oh, he so loves us. They sort of imply I can do what I want. Well, see, they want that scripture. 
If I had two or three scriptures I wanted mankind to know, it wouldn't be the ones that are popular. It'd be ones that disturb them a little bit, make them question where they're going and what God wants of them, okay? So the body still has the corrupt nature, even for the Christian, and will one day die, and its power will be finally broken. The body of sin is still active if you obey its desires and its lusts, if you yield to it. Yet your spirit, born anew, regenerated, has Christ joining his spirit. It's been cleansed. But the spirit can be corrupted again. It refuses to be yoked with Jesus and doesn't stay joined with him. That's what it means to be led walk. See, people want salvation as a free ticket. There is no such thing. There is no salvation if you don't walk with the Lord. If you don't continue with him, you're not saved. For example, 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and became righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It's all in Christ. So if Christ isn't in you, you don't have it. He don't give free tickets to heaven to people who are living in sin. He cannot do it. It's against his nature. People say, I've heard the center say, well, it says all things are possible with God, but and they'll start telling things they think are not possible. All things are possible that are within his character. Of course, he cannot sin. He does not choose to sin. There are other things that are possible. It's impossible to deal with man apart from repentance and confession. Let's go ahead and close here at verse 10. Lord, give us wisdom, understanding, and practical understanding. In Jesus' name, amen.